0: This is episode number 402 with Dan Butner. The Melissa Ambrosini Show. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week I'll be getting up close and personal with leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Guess what, my friends? My third physical book, Comparisonitis, How to Stop Comparing Yourself to Others and Be Genuinely Happy, is out right now. I am so excited and I cannot wait for you to read it. Honestly, I could not be more proud of Comparisonitis. Number one, New York Times best-selling author and social media sensation Jay Shetty said, Never before has a book been more needed. Future generations will thank Melissa for shining a spotlight on Comparisonitis. And multiple New York Times bestselling author, Gabby Bernstein said, Since Melissa refers to people who have recovered from comparisonitis as unicorns, I suppose that makes this book a sort of unicorn training manual. I'm so grateful that such a manual has arrived. It's been infinitely helpful to me. My hope is that the same holds true for you. If you want to finally free yourself from comparison, fall madly in love with yourself and experience genuine deep happiness like never before, this book is for you. If you want to be a better friend, partner, parent, family member, colleague, or human. If you want to experience genuine happiness, have more energy to go after the things that truly matter to you. If you want to free yourself from expectations, unleash your creativity. Feel more liberated than you've ever felt before in your life. Be free to live your life for you and no one else. Feel peace deep from within. Truly appreciate your body and your life experience a radical shift towards authenticity and unleash the courage to go after your dreams, then head to comparisonitis.com and get your copy and all my awesome extra goodies that I've created for you for free. Not only do you get the book, you will get the official Comparisonitis workbook, a gorgeous Comparisonitis wallpaper for your phone, my ebook, How to Create a Soul Expanding Comparisonitis Book Club, not one, but two of my brand new 8D Zen Tone advanced brainwave technology meditations, which will give you one hour of meditation in just 11 minutes, plus two never been heard or released before interviews with global spiritual thought leaders. Just head to comparisonitis.com and please share the book on social media and tell me your top takeaways. I cannot wait for you to read this book. Today's podcast is brought to you by Pure Harvest, who have just launched their range of Australian-made nom milks into Woolworths supermarkets across Australia. non milks are organic, vegan and dairy-free milk alternatives. For me as a child, I had really bad eczema, and my mum saw the link between dairy and when my eczema would flare up, so she took me off all dairy products. So i've been drinking plant-based milks like these since i was little and i love them they are so delicious pure harvest non-milks are a range of nutty oat milks made from a blend of organic whole oats and roasted nuts they are super creamy smooth and so delicious and there are three flavors nut bliss lush almond and macadamia dream and they are available now at woolworth stores australia wide so go and check them out dan is an explorer national geographic fellow award-winning journalist and producer and new york times best-selling author he discovered the five places in the world dubbed Blue Zone hotspots where people live the longest, healthiest lives. He now works in partnership with different governments, larger employers and health insurance companies to implement Blue Zone projects in communities, workplaces and universities. Blue Zone projects are well-being initiatives that apply lessons from the Blue Zones to entire communities by focusing on changes to the local environment, public policy, and social networks. These programs have dramatically improved the health of more than 5 million people. That is amazing. His books, The Blue Zones, Thrive, The Blue Zone Solution, and The Blue Zones of Happiness were all national bestsellers. He has appeared on the Today Show, Oprah, NBC Nightly News, and Good Morning America, and has keynoted speeches at TEDMED, Bill Clinton's Health Matters Initiative, And Google Zeitgeist. His new book, The Blue Zones Kitchen 100 Recipes for Living to 100, is a New York Times bestseller and fuses scientific reporting, National Geographic photography, and 100 recipes that help you live to 100. Pretty awesome, huh? And in today's episode, we chat about what are the Blue Zones and how he discovered them, the secrets to longevity, the nine pillars for longevity, why having a purpose in life is key to happiness and longevity, the stress relieving routines and rituals that actually work, the power of the 80% rule, his thoughts on alcohol. He also answers the question do you want to live 4 to 14 years longer? And we dive deep in how to do that. And we also talk about why loneliness is as bad as smoking, plus so much more. And for everything that Dan and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 402. And now let's dive into this incredible conversation with Dan Butner. Dan, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning?
1: I had a Sardinian soup made with three beans, barley, tomato, onions, celery, carrots, but very well cooked with olive oil, garlic. It's one of my Blue Zones discoveries in the Blue Zone of Sardinia. I have it every morning. and I put avocado on top.
0: Yum. That sounds delicious. I'm coming to your place for breakfast tomorrow. Anytime. Now, I love your story. I love your work. But for those that have never heard about you or heard about the Blue Zones, can you tell us how you got to where you are today, how you discovered the Blue Zones and just a little bit about your background?
1: I've been an explorer my whole life. I set three records for biking across five continents and got into exploration, focused on trying to solve Anthropological and archaeological mysteries. And after 15 expeditions around contemporary mysteries, I started digging into a mystery we stumbled upon in Okinawa. They had the longest disability free life expectancy in the world about 20 years ago. And I figured, now that's interesting. I know it's not genes. So something's going on here. And With the funding from the US government and an assignment from National Geographic, we set out to, in a sense, reverse longevity by finding places where people live statistically longest. And then I use my exploration and investigative skills, along with collaboration skills to unravel the mystery.
0: I love it. So for those that have never heard of the Blue Zones, what are the Blue Zones and where are they? Blue Zones are places
1: around the world where people live statistically longest. I've
0: made a company
1: out of it, Blue Zones, which is capital B, capital Z. That's our company. But the places, longest-lived men in the world are in Sardinia, Italy, longest-lived women in Okinawa, Japan. There's an island off of Turkey in Greece called Ikaria, where people live about eight years longer without dementia. Nicoya Peninsula of Costa Rica has the greatest healthy life expectancy in the Americas. It's unusual because it's a, you know, used to be a third world country. And then in the United States, it's among the Seventh-day Adventists. They're well known in Australia for their Weetabix and their Vegemite. I think they call it Mar- Marmite or something like that. This is this sort of black tar substance they spread on bread.
0: Yes. So the Seventh-day Adventists are known for that? Seventh-day
1: Adventists are living the longest-lived Americans, actually, as a subculture. They live about eight or nine years longer than their North American counterparts. So what's interesting about this is none of these people have superior genes and their whole populations and they're living significantly longer. They're not getting diabetes. They're not getting cancer, heart disease. They're not getting dementia anywhere near the rates that people are living in places like Melbourne and Brisbane or you know New York City or Los Angeles. So my team and I were particularly interested in what they're doing as a population. And then the idea is that that might give individuals an idea of what they could be doing to improve their own life expectancy. But more importantly, people really don't care that much about living an extra 10 years today, especially if you're 20 or 30, you know, you want to party and have fun and get laid and eat what you want to eat. But the real value proposition is that you feel better at every decade. You look a decade younger than your counterparts are. You, you have vigor and vitality. You're not suffering from the diseases that weigh us down. And at the end, you get an extra decade. It's a good value proposition.
0: Absolutely for me, it's like, I want to live till I'm 120. And I want those years to be vital. You know, I want to be running around. I want to be playing with my great grandchildren. And, you know, I don't want to be riddled with disease or dementia or any of those things. So what are the nine pillars and the commonalities that you discovered with all of these blue zones? They're eating mostly a whole food plant-based diet, very little meat,
1: very little fish, meat fewer than five times a month. The big thing is that the five foods you most commonly see in all blue zones are whole grains, that's corn, rice, and wheat. Greens, a lot more greens than we commonly eat. Tubers like sweet potatoes and Okinawan sweet potatoes, which which are called emo, nuts, probably the biggest snack in all blue zones. And then beans. If you're eating a cup of beans a day, that's uh, probably adding about four years to your life expectancy. And of course they're eating local fruits and vegetables. I take that as a given. Most of it, the, the five complex carbohydrates that I aforementioned.
0: Hmm. Great. Okay. So these are some things that we can start to implement maybe more into our life and leaning more towards a predominantly plant-based diet. I love that. And I've got your Blue Zone cookbook, which is so beautiful, by the way. What are some of the other pillars that you noticed?
1: They have vocabulary for purpose. Okinawans have ikigai and the Costa Ricans have plan de vida. It's worth about eight years of life expectancy. They have sacred daily rituals like meditation and prayer and ancestor veneration and just taking a nap, which help reverse the chronic disease and stress of everyday living. They drink a little bit. They enjoy a few glasses of wine a day. They're not teetolers. You know, we're marketed all the time the notion that to get healthier, we need to add nutrition to our diet supplements and and nutrients and superfoods and drinks and shakes and all this other crap. But what really seems to work in Blue Zones is a subtractive approach to food. They have all kinds of ways to engineer calories out of their diets, like taking the TV out of the kitchen, like eating with your family, like having a huge breakfast, a medium-sized lunch, and a tiny dinner. Pre-plating their food ahead of time, eating off of smaller plates. These have all been time-honored strategies to engineer calories out of your daily intake. And you know, the vast majority of people living on the planet right now, about three-quarters of them, will die of a chronic disease from overnutrition. You know, when we were born, there were a lot of people in the world dying of undernutrition. Now the big problem is overnutrition. So some of these blue zones techniques of getting calories out of our diets are going to serve us better in the long run.
0: Mm, okay. And another one of the pillars is about moving naturally, that incidental exercise. So what did you notice across the blue zones with that? Well,
1: they're not exercising. They're not doing any of the things we they don't do CrossFit. They don't do yoga classes. <laughs> they don't they don't do any planned, program, intentional physical activity. But they're moving every 20 minutes or so. Every time they go to work, a friend's house or out to eat, it occasions a walk. They have gardens out back. They work in all year round. They do their own yard work, their own housework. They're not relying on uh, mechanized conveniences to do their work for them. And that's a big idea, I believe, because you know we evolved moving constantly. We didn't evolve as creatures who sit at a desk or on a couch all day long and then try to make up for it 20 minutes at the gym at the end of the day especially for the long. Of course when you're young you want to get buff and you want to you know impress the opposite sex or whatever you know going to the gym makes a lot of sense but for most of us for the long run you're much better off shaping your environment so you're nudged into movement every 20 minutes or so walking places and living in places where walking and biking is easy
0: Yeah, I love that. So incorporating it into your everyday life. The
1: bigger idea is shaping your environment so you're nudged to do it. And what I mean by that is rather than living in a neighborhood where you live in a cul-de-sac or a suburb and you have to drive everywhere, living in a city where your coffee shop, your grocery store, your favorite restaurant, your church is walking distance. You have a comfortable pair of shoes by your front door. You have a cool bike that works. You have rollerblades or a skateboard or a surfboard or you know, these toys that make it alluring for us to go out and live in a place where it's easy. It's a different way to think about physical activity and it's an unusual way of thinking about it. It's almost disruptive to tell people that exercise is probably not going to work for you, but there is another approach. That requires a different mindset, a different effort, but pays off more consistently for a longer time.
0: Mm, I love it. I love this. And this is something I'm definitely mindful of. And hence, I'm doing this interview right now. I'm standing up and I try and constantly just move around, even though I am standing for periods of time. I'm constantly just trying to move around. So that has been really inspiring. So, yeah, the first one is that moving naturally. The second one, you mentioned purpose already which I love, knowing your why and why you're waking up in the morning makes you healthier and happier and adds seven to eight years of your life, which is so important. So what have you noticed in our society with purpose compared to the blue zones?
1: Well, it's harder to find our purpose. I mean, most of our life goals are shaped by other people, by academia, by notions of financial success or financial freedom or status and fame. And we live in a culture that celebrates youth and celebrates, you know, people make a lot of money. These aren't really important values in the blue zones. In blue zones, your family tend to be a bigger value. Your people, your religion, what you can contribute to younger generations, that's very clear in places like Okinawa and Ikaria that's what forms the purpose and the ikigai so to speak it's a little bit harder but you know here in the us or in australia i advocate taking the time to sit down and actually write out the old fashioned pen and paper writing three columns and in one column listing keywords that describe your values the second column are keywords that describe your passions, the things you love to do. A third column that keywords that describe what you're good at. And then the fourth one is an outlet for those. And a lucky few in America are finding outlets for their purpose and passions at work. But for most Americans, about 70%, and I imagine it's similar for Australians, the outlet needs to be a hobby or a volunteer activity. And volunteering is a really important blue zone value, one we know leads to lower BMI, lower healthcare costs, measurably happier people. It's counterintuitive that you're going to go out and spend your time and not get paid for it and unleash your talents on strangers. But strangely enough, that's one of the most dependable vectors to health and happiness.
0: I love that. So beautiful and so simple and we can all do it. We can and we should be doing more of it. Absolutely. The third one, you spoke a little bit about this before, the stress. They all have stress-relieving rituals built into their daily routines. So the Adventists pray, the Sardinians have happy hour, others nap. So how important is this? Because for me, like I mentioned before we started recording, I'm currently pregnant And I've never napped before in my life. And now, since being pregnant, napping is a daily thing for me and I love it so much. But I also meditate. So, can you talk about these stress relieving rituals that they have implemented into their life that add years to their life?
1: Well, no matter where you live, part of the human condition is worry. And we often get forced to hurry and things don't always go our way. So, The problem with that feeling of anxious stress is it triggers the inflammatory response. And when you do that a lot, it wreaks havoc on your arteries, shrinks your brain, wrinkles your skin, makes it more likely you'll develop dementia. And unless we have mechanisms to unwind that stress and the the ensuing inflammation, it's going to smolder into a problem. People in blue zones didn't invent these practices to live longer. I think there's a certain societal evolution where there's an enormous amount of genius in the paying attention or, or the natural selection that comes with societies that have been around for centuries or, or millennia that just kind of pick the things that favor that health and happiness as a society. And I think the notions of giving thanks before a meal or remembering your ancestors and that you're not just a point in time, but part of a continuum and you relinquish some of your day to to ancestors. The, The idea of taking a nap, which has been associated with about a third lower rate of heart disease. These are things that have developed over time and have been with these Luzon societies for centuries. And I would argue, not coincidentally, they are contributing to life expectancy, their longevity.
0: Mm, I love that. Well, everyone, we've just given you full permission to have daily naps. (laughs) Okay, the fourth pillar, the 80% rule. Can you tell us what that is? What is the 80% rule? I touched on it a little bit. Okinawans have this Confucian adit, harahachibu,
1: which means stop at 80%. I kind of extrapolate a little bit by saying that we should be thinking about ways to engineer calories out of our diet rather than trying to add. I was talking about before how marketers market nutrients to us rather than just food. You know, in Okinawa, you'll see people, older people, before every meal intoning harahachibu, reminding them to leave a little bit of food on their plate and not stuff themselves But I think other strategies work better. And those strategies are eating off of smaller plates, which has been confirmed by Cornell Food Lab, pre-plating your food ahead of time and not sitting there with three times more food than you need to eat and sitting in front of you, eating a huge breakfast, not eating with a TV or a computer screen in front of you. But it's very clear that people in blue zones are not stuffing themselves at every meal. They're eating slowly with family, satiating themselves without gluttony.
0: And eating till they feel 80% full. I love it.
1: Yes. Well, the problem is, you know, it takes about 20 minutes for the full feeling to travel from your belly to your brain. And if you're yammering away or you're watching TV, you often miss that signal. And if you eat too quickly, you're going to miss the signal. So the point being here that you're eating more slowly with people that you love and not to electronics.
0: Mhm. Awesome. And that's something that we can all do. A lot of what you've mentioned, are things that we can all implement into our life. They don't cost us anything so far. So I love this. The fifth pillar you mentioned before, eating a predominantly plant-based diet, which I love. The sixth pillar you spoke about wine. So Moderate but regular consumption of wine. Now, I don't drink alcohol at all, but could we have, you know, grape juice or blueberries instead? Like, has that got the same effect?
1: No, the, the studies have been done with alcohol, and alcohol appears to lower cortisol. It, it appears to lower stress. I'm not saying that blueberries aren't bad. Actually, I'm not a fan of grape juice because it's very high in sugar. You know, all of these pillars. To your point, if you're not drinking, I'm not saying you should start drinking right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> especially because I'm pregnant. <laughs> yes,
1: please don't start. But if, <laughs> if you're drinking a glass or two a day responsibly, it's probably adding to your life expectancy. It can be a joy at the end of the day with friends or with a good meal. Uh, we found a Blue Zones wine that has the highest levels of polyphenols in the world and those are proven to reduce inflammation of the lining of the arteries, the endothelia. So there's some potential health benefit you get from drinking the right kind of wine and drinking in moderation with friends and with food. Also, by the way, if you're drinking wine with a whole plant-based diet, you about triple the flavonoid absorption. So you might actually get more nutrients out of a healthy diet if you're drinking wine with that meal than if you're drinking water.
0: And I'm sure you're talking about preservative-free, really good quality wine, not stuff that's got junk in it.
1: Yes, I'm talking about good wine.
0: (laughs) I'm just popping in to tell you about one of my favorite products that I love and use every single day and that is my blue light blocking glasses by Blue Blocks. Nick and I love them so much that we collaborated with them to create the Nick and Melissa range, which are stunning and my absolute favorites. We honestly wear these every single day and night and take them with us when we travel and even when we go to friends' places for dinner. And if you've heard my episodes with Andy Mant and Jack Cruz on the harmful effects of blue light, you will know how detrimental blue light is for our health, hormones, eyes, and sleep, which is why I personally use them every single day. But they don't just do blue light blocking glasses. They also have awesome yellow and red light bulbs that you can install in your home, which have zero flicker, low EMF, and zero blue light. As you guys know, I'm currently pregnant, and I recently learned that if I wake up in the night to feed my baby and turn on the blue lights, this will affect my milk production, the quality of my milk, and the supply. So this is yet another reason why we need to get rid of all of the blue light in our home. Another one of my favorite products is their sleep mask, which blocks out all, and I mean all of the light, not like those cheap eye masks that you can get. I wear this every single night and I love it. And you can get any of their EPIC products 15% off with the code MELISSA. Just head to blueblocks.com forward slash MELISSA. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com forward slash MELISSA and enter the code MELISSA at the checkout. And come and tell me on Instagram what you think of their products. Now let's get back to the conversation. Okay, cool. Number seven, the seventh pillar, belonging. Being part of a faith-based community adds four to 14 years to your life expectancy. Can you talk about that? What does that mean?
1: Well, and that's only for people who show up to church or temple or mosque. We don't know why. Once again, it's a correlation. So in other words, if you're going to church and showing up every week, it stacks the deck in favor of more years. And incidentally, the people who get the most benefit are inner city minorities. They're the ones getting the 14 years. But, you know, even average people anywhere seem to get a longevity bump. And it may be because there's at least one day a week where they're downshifting and not just motoring through their work and stressed out. It may be because people who go to church or temple or mosque are less likely to engage in risky behaviors that can foreshorten their lives. It might be because... They have a better social network. They're not lonely. Or it may be because there's a God and God, you know, if you ask God for help, God helps you. I don't know. I just know pretty clearly that in the epidemiology, that people who report active participation in a religious community are also living longer. And that's certainly the case in Blue Zones.
0: Mm, Yes, I love that. And I feel like in today's society, maybe that's even belonging to like... A yoga school, and you know, for some people, that's their "quote unquote" church. You know, that community. So, I feel like that could probably benefit a lot of people as well.
1: Perhaps you know, I write for National Geographic, and the uh, fact checkers are in the corner office, so I don't get to say anything that doesn't have academic underpinnings to it. So, I personally do yoga, but I'm not aware of any studies that show it promotes longevity. Hmm.
0: Okay, number eight, the eighth pillar is putting your loved ones first and having that close and strong connection with your family and friends and community, and that's really common in the blue zone. so can you talk to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, it's about keeping your aging parents nearby, not warehousing them. In families where there's an active grandparent, the children tend to do better, I have lower rates of, of mortality and the and the older people you know you're tapping them for their wisdom and their childcare and their ability to carry forth the traditional recipes and ways of eating. And these all favor the, the health and longevity of the rest of the family, as opposed to just kind of shipping it off to some home far away. Investing in your spouse, we know that people who are in a committed relationship are living considerably longer than unmarried or divorced, single people, widows, etc. And then investing in your children so your children are more likely to take care of you. These are all things that uh, work very well in the blue zones.
0: I love it. That's so beautiful. And I love the idea of keeping your parents and the grandparents closer and having them in your life. I've been thinking about that a lot with my daughter being born, my first child in a couple of months. And I think I really want to have my parents and my husband's parents around. I want them in her life. And I really, Think that is going to add so much love and joy and value to her life and ours.
1: You're right on. And I'm so glad to hear you say that, actually. You stacked the deck in favor of that little girl. By the way, she has about a 50% chance of reaching at age 100. I mean, we didn't because, you know, we're older, but girls born right now have about a 50% chance of reaching age 100. Wow. So take care of her.
0: I will. Don't you worry. The ninth pillar, the last one. It's about right tribe. The world's longest lived people have a close family and friend network. In Japan, it's called the Moai. And they're given this group of friends when they're born, which I just think is so beautiful. I think that's such a beautiful thing. So what do you mean by that?
1: Well, when I first started Blue Zones, nobody really knew this, but it's coming out now that loneliness is as bad for you as a smoking habit. Shaves about eight years off your life expectancy. And when I say loneliness... I mean that you don't have at least three good friends you can count on on a bad day. There's a lot of people who don't have that. And we live in societies that make no guarantees that we're going to have friends. But in in blue zones, there are mechanisms like the Moai that assure that children grow up with a support network around them. So they aren't lonely. They have when they run out of money or a parent dies or a child gets sick or a divorce happens that there's an there's a network of people who will catch them and that's so very important plus we're you know we're social creatures we evolved the reason the human species is so successful is that we learned how to cooperate when so many other species don't and our genes tend to follow things that favor our survival and our genes reward us with endorphins when we connect with people who we're socially connected to, we socially connect to. And when we retreat from other humans, our genes then punish us with bad hormones, stress hormones, cortisol. So making sure that we have good friends around us. And when I say good friends, I mean friends who care about you, who nudge you to grow mentally Friends whose idea of recreation is walking or playing tennis or gardening. By the way, it's not a bad idea to have a vegan or vegetarian friend to teach you how to eat plant-based and to make sure that when you're around them, you have plant-based food for them. It's the best way to learn. So I actually think that last one is probably the most actionable for most people because when it comes to longevity, there's no short-term fix. There's no pill, there's no supplement, there's no hormone or genetic intervention on the scientific horizon yet. Um, There's nothing you can do short-term, but friends tend to be long-term adventures, and friends have measurable impact on what we do. If our friends drink too much or smoke or are lonely or are unhappy or are obese, that is all measurably contagious conversely, if we build a social network, a close moai, if you will, of friends who surf and eat healthy or and stay mentally engaged, we don't even have to think about it. All we have to do is hang out with those people and it happens naturally. And it'll happen for as long as we're friends with that person. That's why it's important.
0: Yeah, it's so important. There's that saying, you become like the five most prominent people in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. I haven't heard that, but that's about it.
0: Yes. So for someone listening who is thinking, I don't have three people, I don't have three people that I can call on that are inspiring me or, you know, maybe the three people I have are the ones that drink a lot and eat a lot of food and, you know, where can we start? How can we shift that?
1: Volunteer, join a sport, sporty people. There are vegan organizations, animal rights organizations, a very easy place to meet vegans. There are churches and and religious organizations. You mentioned yoga before. I mean, it's hard for some people to do it, but we spend billions of dollars every year on diet plans and exercise programs. And we spend hours and hours at the gym. And I advocate shifting that effort and those resources to going out and finding healthy people for our immediate social networking. And once you find them, by the way, they're not automatically going to like you. You have to put something into it. You remember their name, call them up and invite them to things. Remember their birthday, be a good listener, be interested and interesting. These are all sort of basic social skills that are all learnable, but that's how you end up building a close group of people around you and that will feed not only your soul, but your body and and stack the deck in favor of more years, more good years.
0: Mm -hmm. Once you discovered everything that you know about these blue zones, these nine pillars, did you immediately implement them into your own life?
1: I did over time, but I'm mostly vegan. I very proactively build a social network. I actually just moved to Miami and I'm doing that very thing. I reconnect it with my family, especially. I know my sense of purpose off the top of my head and I live it just about every day. And I very consciously choose to live in walkable communities where I have easy access to recreation and good food. And every place I've lived meets that criteria.
0: I love it. It's beautiful. Can you talk us through your day and in particular your morning routine and what is a typical day for you. I know no two days are ever the same, but can you kind of talk us through your rituals and your routines?
1: I try to get eight hours of sleep. I read in the the very beginning of the morning. I almost always eat a savory breakfast. I don't believe in eggs or cereals or all that. I don't think metabolically they're all that good for you. Then, you know, I'm very active. I'm still writing. I'm writing another book for National Geographic, the Blue Zones American Kitchen, and I'm working on a Netflix special. So that's a few hours a day. I have lunch. I'll usually walk out somewhere and get a salad or something. I'll walk back in and some days I train. I like to do something physical every day for an hour or two. That's either swimming, which I'm going to do in about five minutes, or bike, or I lift weights with friends or I do yoga. I meditate in the afternoon and take a short nap, and then I usually work for a couple hours more in the afternoon, and then I go out to dinner with friends, often after happy hour.
0: Beautiful. Sounds very fun and very playful. You mentioned the Netflix series, which sounds amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about this, and when is it going to come out?
1: Well, we're just filming now, and it's COVID, so we don't know for sure, but it's the story of finding the blue zones and unpacking the discoveries in four hours of detail. Wow. That's about all I I know right now.
0: Well, I can't wait to see it. I bet it's going to be amazing. So I'll look out for that. Now let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. Besides your books, I think they should absolutely be there. What is one other book you would choose?
1: Hermann Hesse's Journey to the East. It's a very short fable about the importance of serving others rather than trying to be the great leader who gets all the attention.
0: Mm, I love that. We'll link to that in the show notes as well as all of your amazing work and books and everything that you're doing. I have three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is one thing that we can do today for our health? Just one thing. I mean, we've spoken about nine amazing things, but if you could pick just one today.
1: Go online, find a 100% whole food plant-based recipe or look at a dozen of them. Pick the one that you think is going to be most tasty and learn how to make it.
0: I love it. That is such a good thing. And if you do it, share it on Instagram and tag Dan and I so we can see what you created. Okay. The next one. What is one thing that we can do today for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life.
1: Meditate. So many of us are constantly looking to the future and to some imaginary happier time. And the reality is the better you can enjoy the present, which is really all there is. Because we don't know if there's going to be a future and the past is gone. So the present is really all we have. And learning how to meditate enables you to most fully appreciate the abundance of
0: now. I love it. What type of meditation do you do?
1: You know, there's a guy called Sam Harris who has the Waking app, and it's just 10 minutes a day. I've done 10-day silent meditations, Vipassana, But the reality is, if you tell people to meditate an hour in a day, most people won't, but most people will do 10 minutes a day. And that's what I do.
0: Mm, I love it. And then you feel like you can commit to that and show up to that. So that's great.
1: Yes. It's so easy to do 10. And you get better all the time. Yes.
0: Okay. What is one thing that we can do for more love in our life?
1: Find an old person and talk to them. Be interested in them. They have so much wisdom and I think that wisdom inevitably leads to
0: love. Yeah, that's so beautiful and something we can all do. That's really sweet. Best I can do
1: off the top of my head.
0: <laughs> no one's ever said that and it's really beautiful. So I love that so much. Thank you. This has been so great and so helpful. Is there anything else you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything you wanted to talk about that I haven't asked you?
1: Yes, two things. 20 years of Blue Zones research. If you want to get healthier or live longer, don't try to change your behavior. You're going to fail in the long run. Change your surroundings. Look at ways where you can shape your home life, your social life, your work life, the place, the city you live in and where in that city you live so that you're mindlessly nudged into moving more eating less, healthy food is more accessible. Uh, you're surrounded by people who care about you and who encourage you to do physical activity and eat healthier. Those are the things that work for the long run. And then the last thing, if, if any of your listeners have any questions, I answer them. I'm at Dan Butner on Instagram. And if you come and direct message me, I'll answer you. So I'm happy to happy to get granular with your peeps as we say here in Miami.
0: (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much. That's such great advice. And thank you for that beautiful offer. Three years ago, my husband and I moved out of a very, very busy city to do exactly that. We bought our dream home three years ago and renovated it and moved in. And we've lived here now for two years. And it's a quiet town on the beach. Near both of our parents. So we had to move cities so we could be closer to them. And it's exactly what you were speaking about. It's conducive to this longevity lifestyle and health and wellness. And that's why we left, you know. And so many people, so many of our friends are doing the same thing, moving out of these big cities and moving to places where it's just more conducive for health and vitality and longevity.
1: I love it. I think you're smart. You did yourselves a favor and you did your forthcoming daughter a favor and your parents. So if I had, you know, those blue zone stars, I'd put one right on your forehead here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have made it. I have a blue zone star. You would probably love where we live on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. It is a blue zone. It's just so beautiful. It's on a biosphere reserve and it's just so beautiful. So if you've never been here, you would absolutely love it.
1: Well, I'll come visit.
0: (laughs) Please do. Now, I just want to say thank you so much for your wisdom today, for all the work that you do in the world. You're helping so many people. I want to know what I personally and the listeners can do to serve you. How can we give back to you today? Because you give so much to so many others.
1: You can like me on Instagram. (laughs) That way I get to stay in touch. I just enjoy, I, I'm thrilled to to share this with you and your audience and the people who connect with you. And I believe in your mission and that's why I'm doing this. I say no to nine out of 10 things. And there was just something about who you are and, and the way that you metabolize the world and give back. And I'm just happy to be, be part of that.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That's so beautiful. Like I said, my husband and I have been fans of you and your work for years. And we just love what you're doing. So thank you so much. And thank you for your time today. We are so grateful. And we'll link to everything in the show notes so people can come and find you and your work. So thank you so much, Dan.
1: I love you guys. Thank you very much. Bye.
0: Don't forget to head to comparisonitis.com to get your copy of my latest book and all the free goodies that go with it. I cannot wait for you to read it and to hear what you think. I truly hope you got so much out of today's episode and I want to encourage you to take one of the pillars and implement it into your life today and then maybe next week you can implement another one and then the week after that, another one until you have implemented all of the pillars of longevity. And please come and share with me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini what one you're going to implement first. I would love to hear. And if you got a lot out of today's episode, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week, which is pretty awesome. And speaking of review of the week, this week it is a five-star review titled A Wealth of Knowledge from iPhone 7.8. 7864929394. 7864929394. And they say, Thank you so much, Melissa, for what you do. Your work is impacting millions by these crucial conversations with real leaders of the world as they share what it means to live an abundant, healthy life. Health truly is wealth. I've been on my own healing journey since I was 31, having a triple bypass and bipolar disorder. It's through these conversations that we find the strength to truly go within and be our own healer, which is what I did drug-free. So thank you for bringing these messages to the many. Thank you so much. I'm truly so grateful for that very heartfelt review. And as a little thank you, I want to gift you one of my top favorite products, and that is some goodies from Hydrogen Health. So email me hello at Melissa Ambrosini with your address, and we'll send those over to you as a little thank you. And don't forget to come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. I absolutely love reading what you get out of each episode. So please continue to come and share that with me. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock.